and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. I am joined, I was going to say, as always, <laughs> not as always, because if it's as always, I would oh. say Mr. Anthony Steers and Mr. Graham Jones. But unfortunately, the <laughs> professor, Mr. Jones, has academic responsibilities today. So, he does. He's. I was going to say, he's left us in. Anthony and my very <laughs> capable hands, but he's left it to us, mate. So he has, he we're, has. we're just going to have to see if we can manage. I think I'll, what I'll try and bring. I'll try and bring as much optimism and uh, uh, and, and positivity as I can to this, because uh, naivety is usually what I bring to the table, and you guys fill in the gaps. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean, I, and of course, what we what we will be missing is is those little academic research sound bites that Graham. Will annoyingly offer that tell us that everything we've said actually isn't true. Absolutely, so uh, will... and usually these are statements he. I'm sure he just chants in his sleep a lot of the time as well. Absolutely, and, and Graham, we know you'll be listening into this episode to find out what we said. So let's keep it clean. So uh, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. He says desperately trying to get this episode back onto some sort of semblance of order uh, this episode is called are you guilty of losing business because your sales presentations are too long and too boring now this episode has been inspired last few months i've been doing quite a lot of work with with clients on sort of sales presentations, sales pitching, the kind of context it could be an earlier stage. Um, I'd love to know more about what you do kind of presentation, request from the customer, or it could indeed be a bit further down the line and it is an opportunity to, to close. All, all those things can occur, obviously, at the same time. So that's kind of the the backdrop and Anthony and I have been having a little chat before we came on air and we do see rather a lot of sales death by PowerPoint now the phrase death by PowerPoint almost blames PowerPoint please remember PowerPoint or keynote if you're a Mac user it's not that it's not the fault of PowerPoint. PowerPoint does what you tell it to do. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'm talking about is I seeing a lot of very self-referenced slides all about us, yep. all about us, the supplier, mm -hmm. uh, way too many slides and lots of words and lots of possibly irrelevant uh, information interesting for you but is it interesting for the customer I sound like i'm being super critical that's because i am um <laughs> so, so you know i can imagine buyers sometimes um in microsoft teams i've i've seen for example virtual presentations and you can see how many slides are coming if you're in the audience can you imagine they say yeah i'll just give you a quick introduction to our company slide one of 47 you can just you can just imagine the, the will to live, can't you, Anthony? Draining away, and they're going, 
oh god not another supplier with 47 slides like you know it's just like yeah so so <laughs> i've been i've been taking quite a few sales teams through a a six-step planning process so i thought i'd just run you through my little planning process and anthony will dive in with his thoughts as we as we go through um i think particularly important if more than one of you from your organization you go through this together uh if you've got a more senior person coming with you or something out for the day make sure they know what's coming because <laughs> just because they're the most senior person doesn't yep. mean they should take over the presentation so mm. so uh, I, I guess just by way of context, I'm poking a bit of fun, but we do do tend to see Anthony and I and, and Graham, I'm sure will say this, you know, a lot of stuff about here's some stuff about our company when we were founded. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, you, the you, you can almost see people's eyes glaze over when they find yeah. out when you were founded. Yeah, and I'm not saying I had a client who were founded in 1862. And look, that is very, very impressive. There's mm -hmm. a wonderful company heritage and, and photos mm -hmm. of the founders. And it, I'm not saying it's not fascinatingly interesting at the right time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be insulting to anybody's yep. heritage, but it's probably not front of mind for the customer Yes. in 2024 that you were founded in 1860 whatever it was <laughs> so you know we got that we got some awards you've won some awards great mm -hmm. for you but customers aren't don't personally don't seem to be that bothered about them is my personal mm -hmm. maybe i'm just a bit cynical yeah in, uh, in, unless it's to do with innovation or customer service i think your awards you can probably keep to yourselves yeah yeah i mean well done great for you um fantastic yeah. and then mm. the the all too common map of the world showing for large companies showing all the places they're located which is very important if you're selling to a client that has a global footprint mm -hmm. but is not particularly relevant or important to a say a client who never works outside of the usa yeah you know they don't they don't work in the asia pacific zone that you have <laughs> so <laughs> your new offices in kuala lumpur are mm. less are less relevant to them so yeah yeah you could be doing it to show you're very large very successful very capable so they can trust you but mm -hmm. I think if we're going to include things let's include them yeah. for a reason yeah. So my six stages, purpose. Well, just just Sorry, before yeah, we jump on yeah. from that, only because what I've just really kind of thought and leaped into my head was that when people do overdo that, they do it at the very beginning, like they're trying to set the yeah. scene. And I think actually because it's not of value and of specific interest to the thing you're talking about right there and then, it can be the thing that kind of loses them. And like you say, when they see you've got 12 slides to just introduce the company before you even get into your presentation, it's kind of daunting. However... If there is time at the end, towards the end of the meeting, perhaps that is then when is a good time, when you've won them over, when your heritage and your story, they're going to be a bit more interested in because they know they're interested in the product or service that you offer. Um, yeah, but, and it's about relevancy. And I, th I guess if I am poking a bit of fun, mm -hmm. it's, it's well-intentioned. I think what this often is, is a sort of a quote-unquote standard deck mm -hmm. that are used with mm -hmm. all the customers yeah and i don't think you should have a standard deck i think you should have a deck that you draw elements from like mm -hmm. 
you know, I was consulting with a, um, a smaller organization and um, there were some, some reasonably inexperienced people. They were sort of consultants, not, mm -hmm. not, not salespeople. And yeah. um, they said, yeah, but the customer said, come and tell us about your company. And I said, great. But the question you should ask is that's fantastic. What, what would you most like to know? What's what, what aspects? I, I mean, I could talk about yeah. my company all day yeah. long, but until <laughs> I understand what's important to you and what you're interested in, Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure which bits to tell you about. So start off by finding out what the customer's most interested in. Mm -hmm. Then tell them. Don't yes. shut out the standard deck. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, being the telephone assassin, I, I meet a lot of people who do cold calling and they claim to do solution selling on a cold call. And I say that that's actually almost physically impossible because nobody tells a complete stranger one of their weaknesses or biggest problems, knowing that they're going to rub salt in the wound and try and use it against me. Um, so it's really hard to do a solution sell in a cold call environment when you first meet somebody because people will tend to keep their cards close to their chest. However, if this person has been following your marketing or um, done one of your assessments and you've got a bit of information about them and about you, then it kind of totally changes the, the feel of it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, I'm not saying you can't do solution selling from a cold call. It just sounds like that'd be a pretty tough way to do it. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely, like, absolutely. You know. um, so, so the six steps is purpose. Why? the audience who, the venue or medium where, the timing when and how long, the content what, and the structure and delivery how. So the purpose, which is probably the most important, is what do you want to achieve? What is the purpose of your presentation? And the questions I always like to ask is what would you like the customer to think? What would you like them to feel? And what would you like them to do at the end of the present so the, the think yes you you appear to have matched what we look for in a supplier i'm feeling excited motivated impressed those sort of things they might not all be emotional but the power of emotion as part of decision making is well known to anybody who's a sales professional and do agree to the next meeting agree to introduce you to the cro the ceo or um agree to the agree to the demonstration agree to the trial agree or agree to the sale in certain situations give you a purchase order you know what yeah. is it what's the do then you've got a very strong laser focused outcome and you can go through everything else when we get to content does mm -hmm. it help the think feel do if it does great if it doesn't mm -hmm. we won an award at marketing technology awards or something is that relevant oh yeah actually they, they they they're very interested in that so maybe we do maybe we do mention the award that we got on at that stage yeah so that's the first that's the first kind of part the who then who are we presenting to so how many people is always worth knowing mm -hmm. sort of from a psychological prep point of view Anthony I'm sure you and <laughs> yeah. I we've, we've had the turn up for one or two people and there's eight of them and you say whoa hang on that's <laughs> like uh, you know or or you know um, somebody arrives uh, mm -hmm. This happens sometimes with virtual if you're on Teams or Zoom or whatever, and the international yeah. man or woman of mystery arrives, and you think, I didn't know anybody else was coming. And you sort of, yeah. so kind of, how many people are you expecting? 
um, jobs, what jobs do they do, right? If they are from the IT department, they're going to be maybe a little bit more technically orientated than the folks from the sales team or from the ops team or human resources are going to be interested in mm-hmm. uh, the senior executive level. So they're going to be have a more strategic focus. What's their present level of knowledge? Will they understand technical jargon if, if that's there? Is it mm-hmm. a formal, informal kind of company, etc.? So, yeah. particularly, I think job role. Job role indicates what their job responsibilities are, which will influence their KPIs, their key performance indicators, or their objectives, which is what they're most interested in. Yeah. So definitely, and and then that's one size fits all. Yeah. A very technical audience. They're probably going to know want to know more technical detail. Uh, an audience that is not yes. technical won't. Yeah, well, you know, I, won't. I, I, yeah, I often give an example that um, there, there are when when I used to sell IT for smaller companies, you were you were either talking to the managing director, the owner of the business, yeah. who was going to sign this off, who wasn't very technically uh, adapt, or you've got the IT manager who is very technical and you end up having two very different conversations with these people to sell the same thing to the same company, but yeah. one's interested in how I'm going to get my ROI and and how it's going to work. And if the team are going to like it, how it's going to improve efficiencies, the IT man wants to know if he's going to have to do patching and maintenance and how he's going to train this team to use it. And basically the two different elements, if you've got them both in the same room, you kind of need to nod to that. Just a quick point. You said about that, um, particularly a lot more meetings are happening on Zoom now, and yeah. you do get that late Zoom entry thing teams happening. Teams are the two, um, two main uh, platforms. Uh, what experience. I always say to my clients is you get there five minutes early because some people do arrive early, and it gives you a chance to just check everybody can see and hear you, and you can yeah. do that thing where I just go, oh, and your job title is – and you can – acknowledge that you know what they do you can even just say i'm guessing you've got a couple of questions or you might be curious of this and you can sort of gauge what they're there for as well so that before you've started you've um, and uh, i think that because more meetings are digital now that's more possible whereas when you turn up for a face-to-face and there's a group of you it's rare that you get chance to ask a handful of people yeah. individually what what it is they want because you're all moving into the meeting together but i think it's part as well it's um you know i have a, a mantra it's not mine um mm-hmm. but it, it came from a number of people over the years on time is late yes right on time is late nine mm-hmm. o'clock call mm-hmm. you need to be logged in at 10 to 9 or 5 to 9 right because because yeah. on time is late you know yeah. Yeah, genuinely yeah. You know, it's always a, always yeah. an opportunity for a little small talk a little bit of a chat a little bit of a rapport build mm-hmm. or as anthony says just check everything's working yeah <laughs> you know, particularly for particularly for, for the, and actually that that's kind of the next the next kind of area which is where uh, and where as in where or the medium of presentation so if mm-hmm. you are in person Mm-hmm. And here, how about this for a horror story? Uh, one of my clients in the IT tech industry had facilitated a tri-party meeting with a very big tech brand mm-hmm. with a very, very big retailer in the UK. So they were going to be the supplier through the channel of this of this huge brand. Yeah. And the salesperson from the big brand with their boss who had flown in, especially for the meeting with the very big retailer, they turned up 
to the wrong office. <gasps> the meeting was at the retailer in London, and they turned up at the um, distribution partner's offices elsewhere in the UK. And that is just like, oh, my goodness. Now, when I heard that, rather than burst out laughing, I went, ooh, that could happen to any of us. That <laughs> could happen to any of us. So, like, <laughs> I think first thing, if it's an in-person, make sure you absolutely have double-checked where you're going. Yeah. And if so, how long is it going to take you to get there? Mm -hmm. Is the car parking available on site? Yeah. If it's certain industries? Uh, well, I was going to say, I always use the parking as my excuse to reach out to the venue. And I yeah. confirm with the venue that that's exactly where I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> yeah, great. great. Just, just double. Just double check. Just and double in check. certain industries, like EDF Energy, um, when I went to a meeting at their offices in the UK, because it's nuclear power, Mm -hmm. etc i wasn't at a nuclear power station mm -hmm. but the security as you would hope and expect was super tight mm -hmm. so the check-in procedure takes a bit longer yep. than maybe a i don't know mm -hmm. an advertising company yeah. or something so you know just, but, but just you'd rather sit there like 20 minutes early and have a glass of water or a cup of tea or maybe even get offered a, a little tour of the facilities you never know if you're that early yeah um, it's just nice and, and also worth finding out if you are if you do for example want to use slides and you don't have to you, mm -hmm. you know nobody said those are mandatory no nope. how how are you going to get connected to their system hdmi mm -hmm. is very common there are still believe it or not some vga connectors out there <laughs> yeah. so you might need an adapter or are they going to yeah. use the barco system yeah. where they plug into oh, or that wireless dongle there's all kinds yeah, of, yeah. Or you're going to do windows k and sort of project screencast to the you know just mm. worth knowing absolutely that you're going to be able to and have a plan b and a plan c so i think yes. always always worth worth doing uh, and if on... you're doing it virtually where are you going to present from let's say sometimes you work from home sometimes you work in the office now i've had cases where people's office wi-fi is not as good as their home and vice versa mm -hmm. Just that sort of stuff. And is your background okay? You haven't got any of your your underwear yes. drying on the radio. On the radio you. <laughs> You've got a second screen to project from. And yeah. so your team's messages don't pop up. And, yeah. and also, what platform is it on? You might be familiar with Teams. The customer might send you an invitation in another Google platform. Meet yeah. Google yeah. Meets. Yeah. And and just worth finding out where's the share screen option they're all the same ish apps yes but, but they're not but they're, but they're not, not the same they are not the same and there's nothing worse than having to ask or be fumbling around and do the wrong thing um yeah. it, I, I love the way that you kind of highlighted that slides are really useful um but you don't have to use them and you certainly no. don't have to use them all the time um I, I as because we speak a lot um I don't know about you, but I've got like a main deck of slides that's into the thousands now because every time I design a new slide, it goes into there mm. and I can dip in and use the ones that match the brief that I'm getting given. So I pick the right slides to fit the stories and the things that are appropriate. I don't just go, oh, that was a brilliant slide. I'm going to use that one. Oh, I really love that picture. I'm going to make sure I use that. It's kind of got to be relevant. Um, and like you say, um, well, uh, 
as a speaker, your slides should complement or represent what it is you're talking about. If you're whipping up slides and you're yeah. reading reading it to them, you may as well have printed it out and sent it sent it ahead of time. Well, that's that's gonna when we come on to um, like content and structure, that's that's particularly important. But on the words on the slide. If you are using a slide, nobody said you have to have words. You can use photos, illustrations, and then mm -hmm. present in front of those mm -hmm. as a backdrop or a photo with a few words. Yeah, absolutely. But if you are using lines of text, you could also think about putting the text into boxes and shapes mm -hmm. and making it more, more interesting. Interesting, yeah. But if you are using lines of text and words, five by five or six by six, no more than five lines, no more than five words per line. Some people say no more than six, no more than yeah. six words. I don't think this needs to be, you shouldn't be many more words than that on the slide. I have seen ones with 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 words yeah. Yeah. on the slides and and... You don't have to be grammatically correct. Yeah. You know, what mm -hmm. do you need to consider with regards to the venue or medium of presentation on the slide is yeah. considerations with regards to venue medium. You yeah. can trim out words, yeah. trim out filler. For, but yeah. yeah, you know, relevancy is, 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 is you know, you're, you're, you're spot on. So in terms of timing, when and how long, so time of day, generally circadian rhythms, I believe, is the technical expression for the energy <laughs> concentration cycle we all go through. So most people apparently <clears throat> tend to be morning better, tend to be a little bit more alert, afternoon a little bit less. Straight away after lunch, that's normally when we get booked on, Anthony, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Speech. As professional speakers, we either get close of the day or mm -hmm. after lunch is often uh, is often what we get. So thanks yeah. a lot for. I know we're being paid, but you know, yes, really, uh, yes. do you really want us on after? No, we don't mind. We'll <laughs> go on anytime. We're pros, but uh, <laughs> you know, just got to remember the energy levels may differ. You might have to work a bit harder, um, yeah. but also particularly how long you have thirty minutes. Go planned with a fifteen minute and a twenty minute option, or if you given 60 minutes mm -hmm. have a 30 minute because one of your key stakeholders may overrun and join late so the mm -hmm. meeting might start late and you need that person you know they're yes. a yeah. high influencer or a, or a key... looking at six people and trying to stall while you wait for the big boss to turn up <laughs> you wait for the big boss to come <laughs> into it if, if sometimes you can't always find this out what's happened before i mm -hmm. followed i've presented after when I was a supplier, I followed the sales team being shouted at for 30 minutes about their appalling performance and threatened with a sack. And mm. then and then in, and I was oblivious at the time. I I walk in, all oh, right, Simon from XYZ is gonna talk us about the promotions. And they're all sitting there with their arms folded, just <laughs> you know, and I just sat there frothing about what they just heard. And I said to the sales director, I said, Oh, were they all right? They seemed a bit oh, he said, Oh yeah, I should have told you. Yeah, we just told them all they were all <laughs> not, not gonna get sacks, but it was like <laughs> intimating. And then what'll happen afterwards? Um, towards the end of the afternoon, people with kids, they're thinking the school run is looming, or yeah, you know, absolutely. those so just like you say, with 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 the timings, um 
what was that rhythm again you you quoted circadian that circadian rhythm because i would describe myself as not really being a morning person but oh, i am definitely not that's why we but i am fantastic i'm fantastic at disguising that because i have to do a lot of mornings for clients um uh but uh, but from a timing perspective, um, getting back to the different types of presentations, I like the way you said get a 15 and a 20 minuter. Mm. Um, I suppose you've got that one that you mentioned that's the tell me more. And that's probably a crucial maybe three to five minutes where you need to be short and sharp, but you want to include enough to keep it interesting and relevant yeah. to the person that you're talking to. So interesting that most salespeople should have a five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute. You should have all of these kind of planned or rough structures so that you um oh, uh Bryony, uh thomas who wrote watertight marketing she talks yeah. about oh, earning more time with your marketing like to start mm. with it's a quick thing and you give them something and then you get them to come back and you've earned a bit more of their focus and their attention and i think sometimes you've got to think of your presentations like that don't think, oh, I've got them in the room. Let's lock the doors and I'm yeah. going to get both barrels. Thank you for raising that. That's a really important point because I, I guess I was sort of coming at it from the, we've, we've arrived and we've been told we've got 30 minutes or 45 minutes and, and that gets cut. Mm -hmm. You might also, if they said, look, I, I can only give you 30 minutes. Now, they might actually be able to have given you more time, but they just want an excuse to get rid of you if you yep. are not the right supplier. And then they can just say, oh, I'm really sorry, stop. Simon. I've got a hard stop. Yeah. So it's not uncommon for for if you do a great job in those first 50, however they're giving you 20 minutes, yeah. 30, you get exactly what Anthony is saying. They're saying, and now tell me more. I do have some questions. And an hour and a half later, you're still there, which, by the way, is normally a very good sign. <laughs> it's a very good sign. Absolutely. Uh, it, and it's funny that you say that because it's one of the things that I joke about where with some of my clients, if you've got customers who phone in who just like a bit of a natter and they're lovely people, but you know there isn't really anything. I always talk about doing this pre-frame of saying, without being rude, just sort of saying to them, yeah, no worries at all, but look at your clock, look for the next 15 minute and go, I'm so sorry, but at three o'clock I've got to jump on Zoom. Is this a quick one or do you need me to call you back? Mm -hmm. And it's a polite way that if it actually, if it was a good conversation and there was an opportunity there, you can then give yourself a bit of an extra buffer and go, oh, look, it looks like my next call's uh, going to run 10 minutes late. So we've got a bit longer. Keep talking. And it just I hadn't really thought about that from uh, accepting the meeting and doing that 30 minute. Yeah, no, it's a good. I think I think yeah. I love Bryony. I mean, Bryony, we're watertight marketing. Recommend that book 100 percent. Definitely. So worth, I worth, have a copy in my office. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. If you want to <laughs> if you want to if you want to find someone who can mm. really help you with your marketing, uh, we can wholeheartedly recommend Bryony. But mm. I love that idea of earning that's similar to um, a very famous American copywriter, Ted Nicholas, when I met Ted at a Internet marketing event. And I, I said to him, yeah, I mean, he was a veteran. He sold billions of dollars by direct response marketing. Excellent. And uh, I said, what's the most important thing, you know, I, I need to know about copywriting tech? I was quite pleased with that question. Mm. And he said, oh, Simon, he said, that's a great question. It's an easy question as well. He said, I spend 80% of my time writing the headline. Because if you don't read the headline, they don't read the opening paragraph or the, the subheads. If they don't read the subheads, they don't read the opening paragraph. They don't need the paragraph one. They don't. So it's yeah. kind of like your copy is earning. Yeah. A great, it's a great way. So what's your first slide? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a great, it's a great what, what way is... to think about it. Does your first slide 
Yeah. Does your headline get them to want to read the article and does the article get them to want to see the pictures and the, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, so I think it's a great it's a great one. So actually that 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 brings us on to content. Uh-huh. What are you going to show? Now, research from Decision Labs USA, sort of a sales marketing kind of research think tank organization. Um fascinating research was that customers will remember about virtual presentations if I recall correctly about eight to 12% of a supplier presentation after 48 hours. So let me just do the average Yeah, 10%. <laughs> that's like 10%. Now it doesn't say which 10% they remember. So they might remember mm-hmm. that you were founded in 18 <laughs> or whatever, which is, you know, maybe not the main reason. So what do you what do you most want them to remember? We've got to kind of stage manage this this ten mm-hmm. yeah. percent. So uh, the message house, which is a great kind of uh, communication structure that that media media coaches use with their uh, clients, you know, going to present to the media or be interviewed on TV. They use this. So it's a little roof of the house. There's three pillars supporting the house. And then there's a foundation. You visualize that image in the roof of the house is your main message. You're going to need to repeat that a few times to really drive it home. Anthony Steers will transform your sales and marketing by increasing your top of funnel by, by his telephone genius three three key points three is a good rule of threes we're speakers we know this stuff boom 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 three things probably not going to remember more than three things yeah so you know it would be i'm going to help you achieve this number one i'm going to help you achieve this number two help you to achieve this it could be the three results you're going to bring there or your your mm-hmm. three reasons you're different to yeah. the competition and then the facts testimonials case studies proof market research whatever it is yeah, that that you can use if you're questioned. So, main message, and and when you're presenting it, mm-hmm. you can also make your main message the title of your presentation, right? Helping helping X Y Z to achieve X percent mm-hmm. increase in sales and margin. That's yep. the title of your presentation. It's also your main message. I am yeah. going to help you yeah. to increase your sales. Yeah. And Hopefully, step one of the purpose of this will help you to guide you towards getting yep. this right. Spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then content, always the magic. And thank you, Anthony. You're tearing mm-hmm. me up beautifully. Yep. Think, feel, do, purpose. Does mm-hmm. this bit of content or this fact or this evidence help us with that? If it is, include it. If it isn't, take it out take it out absolutely map of the world is this is this going to help us yes because they're a global company and they want a global supplier yes yes the map of the world very 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 Mm -hmm. important um local government yes a school in (laughs) the middle of the country yeah they're they're not interested they're not interested no absolutely not so you mentioned the bit at the bottom with the the sort of the case studies and it's interesting because i stand on stage all the time and and the the middle part of the conversation basically i have three phases i talk about you you need people to like you enough to keep listening or not decide that they dislike you and become evasive or combative or any of that kind of stuff middle part is establishing your credibility um or some people call it perfecting your pitch And I always say it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer or a landscaper, it works in exactly the same way. I personally think anyway, the best way to perfect your pitch is to share a success story somebody can relate to. 
Yeah. Okay. So if you can share, if you can kind of, oh, so what kind of problems do you have and what industry are you from? Oh, okay. Well, here's somebody from that industry who had that same problem. Look what they said after working with us. Okay. And you can kind of let your, your clients speak for you. But I think what the temptation to do as a salesperson is what I'd refer to as name dropping. They try and just mention their biggest clients in the hope that it's going to knock your socks off. Mm. But quite often, if they're not relevant or they're so big, it can actually intimidate people or just distract them into thinking, well, you, this is nothing to do with us. Why are you even bringing this up? A, a client success story, which I would, we've, we've, you know, we've, we've covered on stories with episodes of the sales chat show before and we'll no doubt cover them again because they are incredibly powerful social proof a la Robert mm-hmm. Gialdini and the power of story but yeah you know what have you done with xyz company mm-hmm. is way much more mm-hmm. uh, sorry is, is far more impactful than the logo and yes. i think your point is relevance 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 mm-hmm. if it's a sme business Mm-hmm. Having worked with Apple and Google and so on and so forth, you'll you'll feel too big. You're not relevant. You're you're used to dealing with you know Apple yep. and uh, not X Y Z limited local. Same yep. way round, trying yep. to influence. If you are trying to win business with a large yep. name brand, they're going to want to know who you yep. work with of a similar size and scale. So I think relevancy, be that geographically, internationally, globally. Yeah. And as, uh, as... the more relevant the story with regards to, I always say, label them, put the put the industry or business type at the top and, and the job title. If you can match those two things, they're probably going to be interested to find out what their competitors are doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but match outcomes and problems that you try to solve for them as well. All of a sudden, you're pretty much handing out references that vouch for the fact you can do what they're asking. And by the way, just on that point, obviously they might be interested to know what their competitors are doing, but we always have to abide by strict client, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got NDAs with certain clients who I do not mention. And yeah, uh, yeah, there are things, yeah, there there are certain case studies that are not allowed to leave the office. Even if there's no NDA in place, I will typically Mm -hmm. say something like if I'm asked directly yeah, uh, or if, if I need to position it in the same way that I wouldn't discuss some of the things with around your business with another business I, in the yeah. same way i'm not going to do that with my existing clients you know yes yeah. uh, and you can give a sort of a content free absolutely but, but i'm more talking it. when we're talking case studies um some people do quite detailed white papers and real detailed yeah. project yeah. plans of the case study all i really think of of sharing is feedback from your client if they've written you feedback they're pretty they're, they're, they're basically telling you they're happy for you to share it and put yeah. it around 100%. um if you were to tell them when they were writing it that you might use it with their competitors they might feel slightly different about it but um so yeah i, I appreciate you do have to be delicate in those situations of course but 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 the power of testimonial story social proof is is whatever yeah. case study uh, absolutely have some of that where, where yeah. else have you done it yeah. And then I guess the last thing is really how to structure it. And um, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with another another friend of ours, David Thomas, who um, is is mm-hmm. now a turns C-level uh, executives into sort of presentation rock stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but David, uh, very interesting background, I think has two Guinness World Records for memory. So Absolutely. he's a real memory. And I remember him saying to me, 
primacy recency first thing last thing very memorable parts of 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 anything so the start and the end is what they're most likely to remember yeah so this sounds like a bit patronizing but it's a good idea to have a start a middle and an end to a presentation by way what i mean by that real strong start grab their attention particularly virtually because they're on their laptop on their tablet on their phone they're probably distracted yeah some sort of a hook to grab their attention appeal to self-interest tell them what you're going to cover that's part of your main message as well body that is your message house Three yeah. key points. Conclusion, questions. Now, never finish on a Q&A when you're presenting because it's, oh. it's, it's low energy and it's a weekend. So normally we present and then we'll say any questions, question, question, any further. And then this always happens. There's no further questions. And there's a slightly awkward moment. <laughs> and then we, we say, well, thanks very much. We look forward to hearing from you. Or, you know, something yes. like that. It really fizzles. So questions, questions, no further questions. <clears throat> okay, thank you very much. In summary, and you whack them with your main message, your three key points one last time. And um, we look forward to hearing from you. Or what are the next steps? What are the next steps from your side? You know, depending on what the frame frame mm-hmm. for the meeting is. And you can, you know, sometimes you start with a hook and you close by saying, I hope I've delivered on yeah. my promise to demonstrate whatever it is. Absolutely. And then hopefully, hopefully that that hopefully you're in there reasonable yeah. structure for a for a presentation. Absolutely. And yeah. or there could be another call to action that leads them off to another kind of yeah. test drive. They go, wow, this sounds really good. Yeah, we'd love to have a trial of the product or go into a demonstration. Just be be careful that the the, the thought of uh, doing another online demo sends shivers down most people's spines. Yeah. Um, so do be careful when you're doing that particularly if you have a platform that you're showing people a bit like simon said at the beginning it's lovely to say well our system has over 500 features i'm guessing you're probably not interested in most of them tell me a little bit about the challenges you have and i can then show you the most relevant parts for you Um, and that way you get to tailor something you know is of interest and of value rather than the spray and pray if i hit them with enough features and benefits eventually one will hit the spot so. spray and pray or show up and throw up oh, also yeah. i've also i've also <laughs> heard it but the, but uh, your next action like the think feel do if the next stage in your sales process is demo fantastic attempt to close on the demo at the end of your absolutely uh if 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 i have my telephone assassin hat on do not ever finish a meeting without doing a tfr take final responsibility for the next time you're going to speak to them yeah. And usually what I find will happen after a presentation or towards the end of a presentation is they'll be quite interested and you will have answered most of their questions or all of their questions, hopefully. And there will be a requirement, hopefully, to send them some form of proposal uh, of what you might be able to do next uh, or a document that they might review or some research that you're going to send to back this up. Um, The next step feels like sending them that email. But what you should be saying is, well, I will send you this email with everything you've asked for or with everything I've discussed in writing so you have a chance to digest it. 
But when do you realistically think you'll have had a chance to have a quick look? Because I'd like to book 15 minutes so that if there's anything missing, any other questions or concerns that you have, I have an opportunity to make sure you get all the information you need to make a decision. So you're justifying why you need to do that review call rather than leaving it hanging in the air and saying, well, let me know if there's any questions or let's catch up in a week or two. Yeah. And I think just it's like golden rule that I had drummed into me. The yeah. time to book the next call or the next meeting is in is... the meeting you're in currently. Because absolutely, how often have you played? Mm -hmm. Hey Anthony, you asked me to send you some dates. Yeah, yeah. Hey Anthony, are you, are you, have you had a chance? To yeah. Have you had a chance email? to look at those dates? And oh, and as a tip, voicemail yeah. tennis with each absolutely. other. Absolutely, bit of telephone. Everyone loves a bit of telephone tennis. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah but, and the, the tfr thing i always put at the end of my call structure but i do know quite a lot of clients now particularly account managers who do their tfr much earlier in the call than you would expect they actually kind of go well look, we're going to do a quick audit now in fact let's pencil in 15 minutes when i can come back to you and we can go over the report and they'll pencil in the next call before they've even completed the meeting um but if you want to prevent pipeline constipation that tfr tattoo it on the back of your hand put a post-it note on your screen don't finish a conversation or particularly a meeting or a presentation without doing a tfr yeah i think that's a great because i mean in a pipeline every opportunity should have an identified next step or next absolutely. action that's in there um, it's in the diary absolutely yeah. Uh, but going back to moved, what it gets moved, it gets moved, right? And then, but you can rebook it. But oh, yeah. it's easy. It's it's so much easier to reschedule a meeting that's already in the diary than it is to get it in in the first place. Um, but I love what you were saying about David Thomas. I saw him speak quite about a few times now, and he was at the national sales conference earlier, uh, back end of last year. Um, and he originally had a twenty-five minute slot. Uh, no, he had a thirty-minute slot, and the speaker before him ran eight minutes over. And he did his speech and he said to the, the MC and the organizers beforehand, I'm going to deliver an awesome speech, but I'm going to get us back on time. Mm. And he respected the deadline that the agenda was commanding, even though other people hadn't. And he he did a post afterwards saying I had a, a I had a 15 minute, an 18 minute, a 20 minute and a 25 minute and my full 30 if I got it. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because. Yes, he has remembered pi to two and a half thousand decimal points. So he's very good at remembering, remembering stuff. Um, but he's really good at helping people just learn their presentations. Like you say, get your open right. So you make the right impression. Have a structure for the middle part and get your close right. Get those things done. And hopefully that 10, 20 percent that they do still remember two days later are those important bits that you've really crafted. But I mean, as a speaker, that's why he's a pro, right? Because he can do the timing and he can recover the timing for the conference and the event, which is yeah. which is fantastic. Just take a lesson as salespeople, you know, a speaker maybe, a speaker professionally or whatever, or speaking at an event. But be ready to cut if your timing is cut. Absolutely. Uh, clients, clients are normally <clears throat> incredibly appreciative um <laughs> of of you of your flexibility and your ability to do it and also i think you know you, if you say to you know we're very agile we're very flexible well you need to demonstrate that 
at all times in your behavior because the way you behave in the selling process uh -huh. indicates to the client the way you'll be when they are in delivery mode with you so if you're Absolutely. very well prepared and you turn up on time and you're professional yes. and organized yeah. that's what it's like to work yeah. with you if you turn up late and it's all over the place <laughs> I, i'm guessing your client who turned up at the wrong building didn't win that bit of business it wasn't my it wasn't my client no i mean he did the the, the the person who was with the retailer yeah. shared it with me as a as a yeah, as when example. i talked about venue he said oh yeah could i just you know cautionary tale yeah um mm -hmm. and oh, God, I, fe I felt for the person and they had their boss i think it was their boss's boss with yeah. them for the day it's not a good day out is yeah. it no. um, out of interest I mean, we haven't really touched on this but through the meeting would you have a bit of a structure written out in front of you would would you have a bit of a checklist or would you just have learned your presentation beforehand how, how would you I, I yeah it's a good i um i'm often asked people say what about notes what about notes i'm worried a very common thing i'm worried i'll forget what to say and therefore, what you have is your slide deck is used as note reminders, as prompt yeah. reminders. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with notes. I why people think if you have notes, it makes you look unprofessional. I realize look, hey, yes. I realize if we're booked to do something at a big event as an external <laughs> if you go on stage event, with a big post-it pad, they don't like that, do they? When you yeah, have to read, read out a read out our presentation. <laughs> that they're they're expecting more, right? Yeah. But um I will uh, I make great use of the notes function in PowerPoint. And when I'm presenting, um, when I'm presenting virtually, mm -hmm. I have it in presenter mode. So yeah. the audience sees the full slide and yeah. I can see my uh, presenter mode. If you're not familiar with it in PowerPoint, you right click, you can toggle between the two. What you will see, for example, on your laptop screen is the current slide on the left hand side, the next slide that's coming. That's mm -hmm. nice to know. It's, and yeah. then your notes will be below it. Mm -hmm. um, what the audience see is the full is the it's full just the, the the slide yeah. that's being shown. And in Microsoft Teams, you can also do what's called PowerPoint Live, and it kind of uploads the slides into Teams and okay. then it, it shares them. You see presenter mode. Yeah. You see that. Or there is nothing wrong with a bit of old school paper yeah. in front of you to 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 kind of Kind of keep follow. keep you on track. I mean, I, okay, I've done quite a lot of this, but I will sometimes have some slides in an appendix, mm -hmm. or I'll have some slides that are hidden, or if I need to use them. Mm -hmm. So if if I'm asked a follow up more technical question or something, I can I can yeah. just quite easily. But no, I will always have I will always have a structure and a flow that I've thought that I've okay. thought through and planned, and sometimes just on a yeah. piece of paper or whatever in front of me just just because i like to make them interactive and you get questions yeah and you yeah. just need to just be able to quickly groove back to where yeah. you were okay okay question kind of interesting because obviously the, the sort of companies that you you work with are sort of this massive big tech and utilities companies and and sometimes they're presenting some complex things yeah, and and, yeah. and the use of slides is is, is kind of needed whereas it is. It i suppose is. when i speak to clients and i or i'm presenting and somebody says oh my boss is interested could you can we jump on a call I don't really go. I don't really share any slides unless I'm sharing something that I know is particularly relevant or proves the point or is examples of what I've done for people before. Because I then usually say, 
everything I've just talked you through, I'll send you an overview of that program and you'll see how it's all broken down. Um, But I suppose the thing that popped into my head is that if I did need to present a large deck of slides, I'd probably try and plan in when I'm going to switch away from slides for when are you going to have a break from slides? Because I think sometimes by having it up and particularly in a virtual setting, by having everybody in tiny little boxes down the side and just a slide up for 12 minutes, that's not even you've kind of wandered off. I think being confident enough to to come away from the slides again yeah, and, stop. And, uh, and, and it can stop. be a yeah, yeah and it, it can be a cue to sort of say, now I'm inviting your input. What do you think? What are your mm. questions? Well, right and well, virtually you can either stop sharing your slides mm-hmm. or, or you can you know you can have a holding slide that, that you, you know yeah. takes imagery off um in powerpoint when you are in presentation mode if you're virtually sorry if you're in person particularly yeah. this can be very effective so you've got your slide on the television monitor or on the screen if you're in presenter mode and you hit the b button on your keyboard the screen will black B for black. Yep. And it covers, you know, everything disappears. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing on the so you can stand in front of the screen, address the yep. question, hit the B button, the slides come back again. The W yep. button does white, white on, white off. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, like I just I just know as a speaker, and I can't even remember who told me this at the beginning, but it it, it sort of followed the tip that Jeff Ram gave me of don't cast a shadow on your screen. So if you're presenting yeah. and you're stood at the front of the room, blank the screen before you cross the beam and then switch it back on yeah. again. But what I have noticed is when I do give speeches and I don't have to do that and I've got slides behind me, I tend to use more imagery. But if I want everybody to look at me because I'm about to do a facial impression or I'm going to do, mm. do something that I'm expecting a bit of a reaction from, I will blank the screen because it then gives them nowhere else to look but back at me. So it sort of brings the focus back in and and changes sort of the the feel or the dynamic of what they're seeing. So it's also as well as being able to it helps you to control your audience's focus so that you can best serve the audience. I often say control your audience to serve your audience where they're looking. That's Mm. why things like animation and revealing on slides can can help to keep people on one particular area but no but uh, but also yeah reducing anything at all and of course all the way through this nobody says you have to present with slides (laughs) yeah right you don't necessarily you can have storyboards you can have all sorts of other ways of presenting nobody said slides are mandatory but as you say anthony sometimes they're trying to there's a process flow for example yeah and clients clients going to want to know a yeah. more technical sale they're going to want to know yeah. something so it, it's therefore more easier for the client to yeah. have visual the it, well, it as well can is... help the explanation you said earlier yeah. on or picture the house with the three pillars if if people watching the video of this you would flash up a quick quick image mm. and as you were talking about each section you'd point at it or an arrow would come and 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 you would have a visual version of what is being spoken um but uh but yeah it's just kind of interesting because i think that nowadays a lot more demos are required as part of this presentation and sometimes drop the slides and just concentrate on doing a good discovery before doing a very tailored demo people will appreciate watching seven minutes of a quick demo that ticks the two main problems that they have issues with than seeing 50 slides and hearing about the 30 ways you can help companies but also changes movement 
mm-hmm. physical movement if you can do so if you, if you have the facility of your virtual sorry if you're face to face sorry yep. virtual less more limited uh, because mm-hmm. of the video imagery but changes keep the customers keep the audience's brain alert yeah. So removing the slides, blanking the slides, animating a main point, animating a second point, yeah. all of those. Every time, every time something changes, the brain pays that little bit more attention. Yeah. It's not that static slide, static yeah. image. Yeah. Change. Not don't want it too much. You know, I mean, yeah. like sending them on some crazy movement trip, but yeah, yeah, keep yeah. It moving, keep it active. Keep it active. Absolutely, and. um I suppose one last tip, if you want to keep it sort of active and interactive, particularly when you're on Zoom and there's multiple people, sometimes you'll be mid-flow and you're presenting and you may even be looking at your slides. um, But in your peripheral vision, you can see the boxes of the other people. When you say something that they like, they may nod. If you say something that they're not uncomfortable with or they disagree, they might shuffle. And in your peripheral vision... If you can see somebody move in the second box down while I'm presenting, it means that when I get to the end of that point, I then might go, oh, hang on a second. Uh, Sally, I, I don't know. How did you feel about what I was saying there? I noticed you. I don't know if you were just uncomfortable, but you were getting more comfortable. But did you have a... and, and I had one lady the other day who actually I just went, was that was that your hand going up? She went, oh, sorry. No, I was just um, uh, scratching my ear. But great point. And, and but it, yeah. it just shows that you're trying and sometimes people do go yeah i don't know if i agree with that thing that you just said or i don't know if that's really relevant to us you go oh okay can you just tell me a bit more then and then all of a sudden you can recover rather than losing audience members one at a time so i think it's sometimes hard enough to remember your presentation and use your peripheral vision and get to the end of what you're saying before you do it but there's just little things that you can do when interacting online that brings it back into engagement rather than broadcasting a message to them yeah and i think i think uh, although you know it's going to be a big step for some people if they're early to making sales presentations right but we're going to go beyond a presentation to a conversation now yep. there might be a few slides behind this conversation or supporting this conversation or mm-hmm. triggering or stimulating but the more interactive and conversational i think it can be yeah, the far the far better. Now, I appreciate yeah. if you're there are people listening to this thinking, I just want to master the six slides that I, you know, <laughs> and I say, fine. Once you've got those, keep going, keep going yeah. to the next level, um, and right. and get those questions because the more interactive it is, I think the yeah. better it is because they're engaged with you. Yeah, and I think the more enjoyable it is to give the presentation when when they're engaged and asking questions or agreeing or telling you things. It makes it far more interesting rather than parroting and the same stuff you normally say. And uh, but uh, but I I feel like we could talk about this for hours. So can you give me a recap again of those six those six I, steps? I sure can. So purpose, why, audience, who, venue, where or which medium, and still where? Where are you presenting from? If you're on Teams or Zoom or whatever. timing when and how long content what and structure and delivery is the how question run through those six you'll probably be better planned and prepared than the vast majority of the presentations i've had the fortune or misfortune to sit (laughs) through depending on depending on what those what those um 
what those presentations were like. Yeah. So, yeah, we want to avoid, there's a technical, Anthony, I'm going to go very technical here, psychological state that customers go into. It's called the Mego state, M-E-G-O. And I'm joking, it's not really anything <laughs> at all. It's an acronym for my eyes glaze over. Oh. You, do not, you do not want your customer's eyes glazing over. The Mego state. I, saw, I normally say, oh, it's a psychological. And, and the, my audience will go, is it? <laughs> not, not really, not really. But I we've like all lost that. the will to live. We've all yeah. lost the will to live after the... <laughs> After the, the we speak at conferences for a living, folks, and we're often following, yeah, some interesting internal presentations or some external presentations. Uh, <laughs> uh and, and um, yeah. yeah, let's let's just say lots of room for improvements out there in presentation land. Is that a fair? Is that a uh, fair thing to say? Absolutely, I think in sales, every day's a school day. If you've stopped learning, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, and yeah, we should all be striving to hit our stretch target because we all want targets in sales. Let's all win. We won't get into that. Graham might be listening, so uh, but, <laughs> he'll but, tell yeah. us off for talking about. Hey, look, if you're trotting out cliches around every day's a school day, you know, hey, the more you learn, the more you earn. Oh, I like I reckon, it. I reckon we could go out. Uh, features <laughs> tell, benefits sell. I know there's loads. We could probably come out with a whole. I think, I think the listeners are going, Anthony, tell him to wrap this up. Tell him to wrap this up. You're going down a horrible rabbit hole here. <laughs> yeah, it's time to wrap this up, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully that's given you some food for thought on how to make some of your, oh, sorry, to make all of your presentations absolutely some of the best your customers will ever have the experience of enjoying and interacting. There are now nearly 300. I'm going to get Graham to do a count Ooh, up, Anthony. Nearly yeah. 300 episodes in the Sales Chat Show back catalogue. Get those from whichever is your favourite podcast platform. We're on, all, we're on all the major podcast platforms, so you'll find us there. Uh, if you subscribe, you'll be notified when we release new episodes, which we do on a regular basis if you've got any topics or questions or conundrums that you would like us to debate and discuss on the sales chat show we might even invite you onto the show to to, to do that in person that will be great as well feel free reach out to us via the saleschatshow.com website let us know how you found the episode uh, say nice things about us on social media and all of that good stuff. And in the meantime, Mr. Anthony Steers, my good self, and also on behalf of Professor Jones, <laughs> we would like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. <laughs>